I just hope Brandon makes the right decision. You know, there, there are people like Edge, Kurt Angle that said they wouldn't come back once they found out they had injuries, you know, and the doctors told them, you know, it'd be dangerous for them to return to the ring. Nice. And they came right back. One on one. Mac Davis and WWE Hall of Famer Teddy Long with one on one right here on Sports Kita. Hey, Teddy. Hey, what's going on, Mac? Not much. You had an interesting weekend. You were at WrestleCade. A lot of big stars there. Oh, yeah, man. We had a great time there, man, at WrestleCade. Got a chance to see uh, my favorite hero, JBL. Uh, he was there with Ron. They were doing the signing. So being there with both of them, you know, was the highlight of my life. And uh, also, John, you know, he's a pet lover. So I showed uh, J- uh, JBL my dog, Mr. Rufus, and he just fell in love with him. So he told me anytime he does anything, send him pictures of Mr. Rufus. Sergeant, <laughs> yeah. Sergeant Rufus. Yes. We, we got to call him Sergeant. We got to give him a little title there. So. <laughs> well, that, that's enough. Mr. Rufus. That'll work. Teddy, uh, over the weekend, of course, we had Survivor Series, big pay-per-view for WWE. A good pay-per-view, as a matter of fact, start to finish. The only thing I would say about pay-per-views, for the love of God, can they shorten them a little bit? I mean, there's four hours, four hours of a pay-per-view, one after the other, and that will wear a person out after a while, especially when you're near 60 years old. There's only so much time you want to keep your eyes glued to the TV. But a good pay-per-view, Sasha Banks, did not show up. Naomi did not show up. And I'm hearing now that Sasha Banks, we may not see her until the first of next year, that she's actually working a project outside of the WWE that has her busy. Uh, so that's going on. And so if anybody's going, hey, y'all miss Naomi and uh, Sasha, there are some issues. It came to money and came to uh, their actual schedules, from what I understand. So. Um, Teddy, I want to ask you something. Over the weekend during that pay-per-view, there was something I noticed, and I've noticed this a lot in WWE uh, lately. They sweeten the sound. They're adding cheers and applause and the boos and the fan noise. Have you noticed that becoming a trend lately? Well, uh, not really. I mean, sometimes, you know, I've uh, I've known them to do that, but, you know, not on a regular basis. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not. I, I'm not familiar with them doing that all the time. Yeah, they've been ever since uh, COVID. Uh, they started. You know, they were sweetening the sound then, and I understood that because they were inside. There was no audience, and they were trying to give people that feel of an audience there. But when they got away from COVID, they kept using that sweetener, and I can hear it every time I listen to the show, and it drives me crazy because it's that same, you know, murmur kind of uh, cheering you hear in the background. You're like, that's not real. I don't, and it's not, well, and it doesn't go with the program. It's like that move doesn't require that response. Well, we just have to look at it like this. You know what I mean? We know we see things that a lot of other people don't see. So my thing is this, if it's all right with them, if they ain't got no problem with it, then I ain't got no problem with it either. Over the weekend, Kevin Owens made his return. Uh, he came in with the Balling Brutes and Sheamus against the Bloodline. And uh, also, uh, what's his name? Sami Zayn, uh, who Sami Zayn has become one hell of a performer. Have you been keeping up with the Bloodline and Sami Zayn, Teddy? Uh, not really. I've looked at some of it. I haven't been able to, you know, sit down and really take time and really watch it all. 
But uh, Sami Zayn has always been a, a you know a, a great performer. You know, I had a chance to work with him one time. I went back to do something there, and, and uh, him and I got a chance to work together, and I enjoyed every minute of it. And Sami Sami Zayn is like like hidden talent. You know what I mean? I think maybe finally somebody realizes what they've had there all that time. Has he always been kind of crazy in the back as well? Because he seems like he's just, I mean, look, he had the bloodline actually break character in the ring just a few months, about a month ago, I guess it was, uh, when he started talking about the uh, not feeling oozy. And they all started laughing in the ring, which was not supposed to happen. But he seems like he's probably one hell of a character in the back. Yeah, well, nice guy. That's all I can tell you about him. Really fun, you know, keeping everybody laughing. So, yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a character. Reports have it that KO and Roman Reigns may be going for the title at Royal Rumble. Um, You've worked with both these gentlemen. You've been around both these gentlemen. Um, What are your thoughts on Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns facing each other? Well, I think you got uh, one hell of a match there. Kevin Owens has certainly come a long way in such a short time. Uh, His work has gotten a lot better. You know what I mean? His in-ring work has gotten a lot better. And as we all know, Roman, you know, just a master in the ring. So I think, you know, you're going to see one hell of a match there. Kevin Owens, uh, one thing he kind of reminds me of the old days, uh, Dusty Rhodes. Not exactly, you know, the most fit looking guy, not muscled up or anything else, but he had something about him that people really liked. I'm curious, though, back in the day that uh, you were there and, and Vince was there, how did Vince see characters like that? Did he like the guys that were a bit pudgy and overweight like that? Well, not, I mean, you know, if you can perform and, and get the job done, that's a whole different story. But Vince was always, you know, very aware about the weight. I mean, some days you go to TV there and he'd have a scale. They'd already have the scale out. They'd weigh everybody and then you write your name down and you take that list back and give it to Vince. And I and uh, I, I weighed one day and I, I think he'd come back to me and he was right too because I was messing around and I had to put on a little bit and he came right back to me and told me, he said, hey, you're putting on a little weight there. And, that was, and I, I said, you're exactly right. You're right. <laughs> so, so they actually had a scale in the back, and he kept up with everybody's weight. Yeah, he did. Wow. Now, see, I, that's something I never knew he even did in the back. So he, he was that aware of everyone's situation then, huh? Exactly. Wow. Now, did he often tell people, change the color of your hair? Or could you change the color of your hair? If, like a woman, if she's blonde, could she go and make her hair brunette without saying anything? Well, I mean, you, you can do that, but it's best that, you know, you may talk to somebody about it before you do it because you don't know what direction, you know, they're going with you towards your character. And maybe blue hair might not fit with the way that they, you know, with the way that they're yeah. getting ready to use you. So, I mean, like I said, they ain't, you know, they ain't cursing you or nothing, but, right. you know, in order to, you know, change your color of your hair or something, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd really talk with the writers. Yeah, especially if you want to shave your head if you're a guy, because uh, anytime that you're going to shave your head, the promoter wants you to get a hair match. <laughs> well, yeah, you make that mean something. That's right. Well, you're going to shave that hair off. You might as well make some money while you do it. Well, I had a match with Paul Ellerin at Capital Comeback, hair versus hair, and both of us, Paul, neither one of us had any ass. Explain <laughs> that to me. Going to shave that $5 shadow off the top of your head. Yeah. <laughs> the Rock, uh, he had dropped a comment over the weekend uh, where he mentioned that, and I'm going to read this as a quote, quote, I finally exercised this damn chocolate demon that's been gnawing at me for decades. We were evicted from Hawaii in 1987. And after these all these years, I finally got back home to right this wrong. 
I was broke as hell, so I used to steal king-sized Snickers every day from the 7-Eleven for almost a year when I was 14. He goes on to say that he went back to Hawaii. He purchased every Snickers bar in the store and also purchased everybody's food items, gas, and everything else while he was there that particular day just to pay back for the things that he did wrong when he was young. Well, it don't get no better than that. How many people you think that'll really take the time and go back to even do that? Yeah, he and he made a comment that you know he said he would go buy that Seven Eleven every time, and he and it was just gnawing. He was like, I, I used to steal, I used to steal, and he he said the only way he could do it was to clear his mind was to go in there and just buy everything they had. Uh, right. and, and he actually bought even more and said, if somebody comes in here and they're trying to steal, give them one of these. Well, he got their, they got their money back. Hey, speaking of Rock, uh, you met one of his friends over the weekend at WrestleCade. Uh, yeah, Harvey Whippleton uh, was there, and me and him, you know, I've known Harvey, you know, geez, all my whole career. What a nice guy. Uh, yeah, and I also talked to Harvey, and Harvey uh, wanted to uh, me to let uh, wanted to let me to let you know that he wants to come on uh, our, our podcast here oh, and, uh, and talk to us. And uh, I thought that was a great idea because there's a lot of things about Harvey Whippleton that people really don't know. Yeah. And I, we also, we can have him, you know, I want to ask him about his role with the the, the TV series, uh, Little Rock. Young uh, Rock. I yeah. come to find out that uh, they had somebody, you know, had a guy in there playing Harvey Whippleton. So I really didn't know some of the, you know, the background until he talked to me and told me how he, he helped Rock when he first started out. Mm-hmm. And there you go. That's Rock doing another good deed. He didn't get where he came from. He went back. To, to Harvey, and when they got ready to start doing that uh, TV series, they made Harvey a consultant. So they had to go through Harvey to, in order to make the movie because Bruno knew it all. And Harvey's going has, has agreed to come on the show, so we're going to save that and let Harvey tell us all about that. Well, let me let me ask you about Harvey. You worked with Harvey. Uh, any great stories with Harvey that you can recall? Uh, no, not. Not really. I mean, you know, as, you know, a lot. Of, he, when I was in WWE with him, now he worked a lot behind the scenes. You know, he did a lot, ran a lot, of, got a lot of errands, and did a lot of stuff. You know, wouldn't got stuff for Vince and people. So, uh, uh, no, no good stories. Just he just wasn't just a, one nice guy. Yeah. One nice guy. He was on a recent episode, uh, well, of uh, Tales from the Territories. Uh, and he was on there. Very good show as well. So, if uh, you haven't seen that, go check that out. But I've seen yeah. that. Yep. So. I saw him on there. Well, see, that's who you have to talk to people like Lawler and uh, people that were uh, Jared. They see they were in the territory with him, so they could tell you the good stories. Yep. And Jerry is on the Facebook, uh, my Facebook page all the time. So, Jerry, uh, if you ever get a chance, we'd love to have you on as well. Just throw that out there. Um, yeah, there's some great stories from back then I know. And I and like you say, I won't share them right now. But uh, once we get Harvey on, that'll be fantastic because I know some of the stories that are that are out there that we need to follow up on. Randy Orton's career, Teddy may be over uh it seems that due to his injury you know he's been out for a while but he had to have a fusion done in his lower back uh i for the life of me have no idea anything more than that other than it just came out yesterday that things don't look good for randy in the future of his uh you know in-ring performance well the thing that i'd like to say about that randy orton a great friend of mine too had a lot of good times with him there too uh I just hope Randy makes the right decision. You know, there are people like Edge, Kurt Angle, that said they wouldn't come back once they found out they had injuries, you know, and the doctors told them, you know, it'd be dangerous for them to return to the ring. And they came right back. You know what I mean? So I just hope Randy just does the right thing. If the doctor tells you to stay out of the ring, you know, I suggest you stay out of the ring, you know, and 
not to just deliberately hurt yourself, but yeah. you know, that's that you know, it's still about the money, man. So I, you know, look at Kurt Angle here. You you just mentioned some earlier that he wants to come back to the Royal Rumble to wrestle Shane McMahon. Yep, yep, and. You know, uh, so, I got more on that as a matter of fact uh we'll get to in just a minute but yeah randy um randy has already had his career in the wwe i don't know what else he could possibly attain that he hasn't attained already and you know his well, he, health and his future is more important well he could become a mentor you know they got a yes. lot of young guys there a lot of young kids there that need you know talking to need learning need to be trained and run just like I, just I like Randy be. did. I'm sorry. I was going to say just yeah. like Randy, because Randy came in. He needed some help because he came in really immature, did he not? Right. Yep. But so, and that's what I say with a lot of the young kids that they got at NXT and places, you know, that could really need the need the knowledge and the help. So Randy would be great in that in that field, you know, to help the young kids, you know, with their matches. Or he's a good promo man. He can help you with that, and he can also help you, you know, like I said, a lot with your ring work. Now, his father recently also said that if his uh, son does come back, he'd like to see Randy feud with Cody Rhodes to continue the Orton and uh, Rhodes feuds. Well, you know, that wouldn't be, that's not a bad idea. You know what I mean? I, I watched something they did on uh, Tales of the Territory where they had uh, Bob Roop uh, going after Steve, Steve Curran's father, and it was a really a legit deal. You know, he was a was a veteran. And he came home, and then Bob Orton used it and started calling him a coward and stuff. But they made it out of an angle, and they drew money. They had people, you know, wanting to jump on them, throwing bricks at their cars and everything. So, wow. you know, that's what I always said about you're going to draw money. You have to stay with reality. Go with what's going on today. And I'll always say this. I think the reason the Iron Sheik and Sergeant Slaughter made so much money is because it was real. Sheik yep. was from Iran. They were having a war at the time. So here the U.S. U.S. wants, you know, needs a hero. Sergeant Slaughter was the hero. The Iron Sheik was the bad guy. And it was reality. It was real. Let me ask you, do you think we can still do angles that way with today's current environment, how people are? You know, well, everybody yeah. gets kind of hurt, you know, if you say anything wrong. And it's hard to get well, heat like you used to. Well, you just have to watch what you do and watch what you say. You know what I mean? That's how you have to do it now. It can happen now. You just have to be careful. You have to always keep in the back of your hand, in the back of your head that there's always somebody out there waiting to hear you say something wrong so they can jump right on it. Or there's somebody out there waiting to see you do something so they can jump right on that. You know, you're, wherever you go, there's always one. Um, You've worked in the WWE during the times of the, the brand splits and the... Um, the what they call those things i'm trying to remember now the um drafts um were there can you give me the pros and cons of drafts uh when it comes to wrestling with the wwe because triple h now is talking about bringing back the draft after wrestlemania uh and you know kind of bringing that back to life you were there like i say during those times pros and cons of the draft and how it works well, the draft is, you know, you change brands. You know, a lot of guys that worked on Raw for a long time there, then they, you know, switch them over to SmackDown, you know, and, and it get put them in that environment. I think that's great. It's That's a great idea. And like I said, that way you don't get stale. You If you move from Raw to SmackDown, then you're like in a brand new territory there. You know what I mean? But if you move and, and with the draft, you know, I hope they got something to carry along with you. If you move from Raw to SmackDown, I hope they got a good storyline on SmackDown to get you started. Right. Your uh, history in the past with the drafts, were there times when uh, the drafts really kind of 
disappointed you, I guess, as the general manager? Did you lose talent? And you're like, oh, I didn't want to lose that guy. Uh, you know. Well, yeah, all that's part of it, but you know, there's nothing I can do about that. You know what I mean? If if that's the boss's call, if you want to take this guy from me and move him over there, then I just have to adjust and adapt to whatever he throws my way. So yeah, a lot of guys I hated to lose, man. But hey, you know, like I said, it's not my call. But whoever they sent to me, I was able to work with them. Whoever who it was. During the drafts, was anybody aware of who would be going where? Did or did the superstars find out themselves, just like the uh, the viewers did at home? They found out themselves, just like the viewers did. They didn't tell wow. anybody anything. Did that cause any problems in the back between the boys? No. Well, no. Hey, what problem is going to cause? What you going to well, do? Right. That's true. You still have a job. You're just not on the same show. <laughs> yeah, right. What you going to do? Quit worrying about it. Just go do what you're told. I would imagine, though, if you're a tag team and one one part of the tag team goes one way and you go the other, that, that kind of sucks. Hey. But, you know, hey, that must mean they have a singles push for you coming. Well, nothing lasts forever. Winter changes the summer. Very true. Very true. Um, also in the news, um, talking about Rhea Ripley and and even uh, is going as far as saying that she is maybe today's new China. Your thoughts well, on? I went Rhea Ripley. You know, you know she's a great competitor. I saw her, you know, a couple of times in the ring, but you know. I don't don't compare yourself to anybody. You know what right. I mean? The name of the game is get yourself over. You know, I like I one time I was on one of these indie shows and there was this guy in the ring just saying yes, yes, yes. And I can and I brought him back there and I said I said, What 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 did that do for you? I said, All you did was make the people think about Daniel Bryan. That's all they didn't think about you whatsoever. So I always told guys, come up with your own, get your own finish, come up with something that you created so the people will remember you by it. Don't look at, you know, every time you do something in the ring, somebody's like, oh, I know, I know what he's going to do now. He's going to do that move Randy Orton does. So that doesn't help you. You know what I mean? You're out there trying to be somebody else. So be creative. Come up with a finish or something that you created on your own. And that way you ain't no, nobody has to take credit for it but you. Yeah, always be you, not somebody else, because right. uh, otherwise you're just copying somebody. Right, exactly, and you and that ain't gonna get you over. No, 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 no. Any stories with China, uh, Teddy, over the years? Uh, uh, no, between... she was always, always great to work with. I worked with her a little bit, you know, uh, and uh, you know, always was nice and everything to talk to and everything. So that's all I can say. She just was a sweet girl. I was about to say, she always came across as a sweetheart. Even despite all the problems that we know she had later on, uh, she came across like a real sweetheart. Was she always jacked like that when she came in? Was she? Because I, I, I don't recall her early days. I don't remember if she was as big and jacked or if she just got that way as time went on. No, when she came in, she was that size. Wow. Wow. So just a big girl overall. Well, she worked out back in the day. I worked out, you know, not with, with her, but I mean, we shared the same gym together because we was on the road. A lot of times we shared the hotel gym and then sometimes I'd see her in gyms on the road, but she worked out just as hard as the guys, man. Kurt Angle, we were talking about this just a little while ago, uh, has said on his podcast that he would be open to facing Shane McMahon at WrestleMania under the right circumstances. And he says, quote, it would have to be a lot of money. I'm talking like $10 million. WWE well, could afford it. That's what he says. <laughs> I don't think WWE is even thinking about giving Kurt Angle $10 million just no. to, wrestle, to wrestle Shane McMahon, okay? They can find somebody out there, you know, to wrestle Shane McMahon that'll be a million times cheaper. 
So I don't know what Kurt Angle's talking about. Love him to death, brother, but you ain't gonna get no ten million, okay? Yeah, he, he and that may have just been him being tongue in cheek, saying I don't plan on wrestling again unless they pay me ten million dollars. Well, well <laughs> that's that 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 might be in that too, because he knows he's not gonna get ten million. Oh so yeah, that's his way out. You know, and, well they can give me ten million, so I'm not gonna do it. And if they do give you ten million dollars, then uh, you know it, it may be worth crippling yourself okay. a little bit in there. <laughs> If you're getting ten million, man, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't did it before. You didn't trust it yourself before. Then go jump on in there and go get the money. Teddy, I had someone ask me um, just last weekend about you and uh, SmackDown and some of your favorite superstars to work with on SmackDown. Can you share? Yeah, well, I mean, everybody that was there. I mean, I didn't have no favorites or no special people. You know, I got along with everybody, so I enjoyed working, especially with JBL. Uh, uh, Batista enjoyed doing stuff with him. The late great Eddie Guerrero. Uh, I did stuff with Kurt Angle for a while there too. So everybody on on SmackDown, uh, CM Punk at the time, and we did the Undertaker's deal. So everybody, you know, I, that I worked with was my favorite. I didn't just, you know, I didn't have no kicks. Teddy, I want to ask you about uh, a typical day for you at SmackDown. If you, uh, what, what is a typical day? I just ask you that just plainly. Well, a typical day is wait, 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 wait. <laughs> <laughs> really? Uh, well, yeah, especially if you're not, you know, if you're not busy, you're not doing a whole lot, but then you, you could be waiting and all of a sudden you're doing a ton of stuff. So a typical day was just great. I mean, I, you, you have to arrive around 2 p.m. in the afternoons, and from 2 p.m. until showtime start, you were right there doing rehearsals, or if you had a rehearsal or you were at ringside watching other stuff, or you were getting with the writers and you were doing pre-tapes. So a typical day was was all right. That's why, well, I had really good days because, you know, like I said, a lot of those days are real stressful. Yep. Sometimes the boss is in a bad mood. So, you know, he's, he's I mean, he's he's, he's, he's he's acting up, man. So you got to be able to deal with that. So, but that's why I always went to the gym every morning, got the stress off, and then I made that day a good day. During the time that you were in WWE, did you see folks who just couldn't handle that stress? That just, just the stress just broke them. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I seen a couple of people that uh, couldn't handle it. You know, it was just too much. Especially, uh, you know, and I was blessed to have a good memory with the promos because right. that's what really the stress is. Is they bring you three sheets of, of stuff there that you got to get in your head. You got to learn and you got to say all of that stuff when it's time. You know, for when we come on the air live. So that's the real stressful part. If you ain't got that memory, if you you know trying to remember all that stuff down, and and uh, you know that's that's really hard. Even me with the good memory, I forgot some stuff one time. You know, and I never forget it. I was in the ring with Booker T and Charmel, and I forgot my lines. And Charmel was lucky enough at rehearsal, she was there, and so she remembered it and she picked it right up. And then it then it all come back to me. So you know that but and that's how we were working together there because nobody never knew that. I would imagine that uh, Vince was probably really strict on the scripts as far as word for word. Uh, do you find it easier to work with the script or work with bullet points? Uh, I find it easier just to work with the script. You know what I mean? Because Vince will, you know, they write you something, they'll bring it to you. He'll let you know what you know what you really need to stress on and what really needs to be talked about. Like that word I screwed up that time, episodic. Yep. <laughs> and I couldn't remember and he and that was the word that he wanted said out of all that writing he yep. wanted that one word episodic and I'm telling you when I couldn't remember that or screwed that up oh god that was like I, I was crushed 
We were talking about ribs on the last show and uh, some of the ribs that take place. Were you ever involved in a rib? No, I didn't do that because I didn't want anybody ribbing me. Gotcha. Any good ribs that you were a part of that you watched from the uh, from the outside take place? Um, I would imagine that, and I, the reason I bring this up is we were talking about uh, Rikishi giving you the stink face and things he could do to kind of make you know some of the guys in the ring just you know toss their cookies yeah. just for something nasty back there. I would have to imagine though there are moments like that where the guys are ribbing the guys, but the fans have no ideas happening. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, I've seen a lot of ribs, but like I said, if you don't if you don't rib nobody, then nobody rib you. I just didn't like that because you know, like I said, Dad, some guys that would just do just just filthy stuff, just to you know, to rib people. I think uh, one time they made Mark Henry a sandwich, and uh, yeah, man, <laughs> that, and Mark Henry. Now that's yeah. not somebody I'd want to mess with. Well, you know, you don't know who the river is, so. <laughs> wow, what, what did Mark do? Oh, brother, he lost it. You know what I mean? Because I, man, I mean, you know that just you, you don't make a sandwich, you know. No, no, <laughs> no. and not yeah. with the world's strongest man either. I mean that. And when he was young, he had a temper. Yeah, well, he he's, he's like that now. Marcus is is, 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 a, is a gentle giant too. Yes. But now you can't you know you can't piss him off now. Yeah, I, I, yeah, and I wouldn't send him a sandwich. I'm sorry. I don't know who did that, but they, they must be completely stupid. <laughs> or either that or they were just high as hell. Who knows? Yeah, um, one of the two. <laughs> Mark Henry is uh, somebody who I've always wanted to meet. I've met him once in New York, uh, and he was a very uh, kind uh, person, actually. He, he's, like you say, he's a gentle giant. He's nothing like what you expect him to be. Um, but one thing I learned about him is he hates scary things. He absolutely hates anything to do with something scary. Monster movies, scary movies, forget it. He wants nothing to do with them. Well, and he don't take shots either. He's scared of needles. Oh, really? He isn't <laughs> like a needle. Uh -oh. Yeah. <laughs> My wife still takes liquid medicine because she can't swallow a pill. Wow. Yeah. I, I, I'm like, baby, you swallow food bigger than that. Yeah. But, <laughs> Teddy, where are you going to be in the next couple of weeks? Anywhere? Are you sitting well, down I'm getting ready to be... relax for a while? Well, I may be relaxing. I did talk to somebody this morning, so maybe this weekend I may be going to Norfolk, Virginia. I'm not sure. I haven't got the final word on that, but uh, if I do, I'll let everybody know. How about the T-shirts? Now, I've had people ask me after the last show where to find your T-shirts. Well, I tell you what, I'm going to let you uh, give them that information, you know, and I'm going to get them to you, and that way they can contact you, and okay. that way they can get them. Yeah, and we're actually working on a uh, store right now. I'm I'm actually looking at several different options, and I want to make sure it's the right option for Teddy and I, and for all of our listeners and watchers to they really uh, have a chance to go out and get our swag, but also get it very easy without having to go through a lot of headache to get it. So we're working and the other on thing that. I, I wanted to pass along too to our to our fans too. You know, uh, we, I want to start you know giving away some t-shirts we're going to ask you know instead of asking teddy we're going to ask you a question correct and if you can answer that question we're going to send you a free t-shirt in the mail teddy we also have another show that uh you can uh tune into to catch teddy and i doing some crazy things and that's road trip after hours 30 minute time limit and that is one wild wild show <laughs> yeah i'm just having a having the time of my life doing uh, both of these with sports Kita, you know being involved with them and then we're yep. doing our own thing and it's on youtube facebook tw uh instagram twitter so uh i'm just uh having a ball what the what the guys say living the dream
living the dream. And by the way, living the dream, you can make us live our dream. Down below, there's a subscribe button. Go down there, subscribe, like, share, do all that for us because we're trying to grow this uh, podcast and show, and it only will happen with your help. And, Teddy, I know that uh, you've been hit with a lot of people talking about the show. I've been hit with a lot of people talking about the show. Um, And we now know that Bruno wants to be on the show, which we're going to have Bruno on probably in the next week. Uh, Actually, maybe by the next show, we can talk Bruno into coming on. Uh, If not, we'll get him very soon uh, thereafter. Well, I I have already talked to him, so he's ready to come. All we got to do is let him know. Well, Bruno, you'll be on our next show. And all of our viewers right now, Bruno will be on our next show. Uh, And uh, when we say Bruno, it's downtown Bruno. Uh, And uh, yes. And also, uh, he is the uh, he also contributes to the Young Rock, the, the TV show. Correct. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we'll have him on. Teddy and I will be back and we hope you'll be back right here on one on one with Mac Davis and WWE Hall of Famer Teddy Long. I'll let a player. Bro, he's got to look at where his Hollywood career is. Bro, the guy's taken off. The guy's, you know, the guy's a major player now. And it's not like he's going back to wrestling when it's at its peak. Does it mean that it's imperative for wrestlers to speak up when they do get the loss of Cena and then their momentum tanks, is it just a product? Is this is it just a victim of the system because Vince has changed his mind? What does a wrestler do in that moment, like a Wade Barrett, like a Alex Riley, like a Ryback, like a Rusev? How do they regain that momentum? Man, bro, I, I, I don't think you can, man. I don't mm. think you can because, bro, when Vince felt a certain way about somebody, it, it was game over. Mm. Like you knew. Like I, I, I would know not even to waste my breath. And it's funny, bro, because you talk about Rusev. Bro, Rusev was right there. He like was, right there. Yeah. So that tells me. There was circumstances, you know, in the back, whatever they were, Mm. that, you know, because he was right there, all of a sudden he's going to take a few steps back. And once Vince decides to do that, bro, it's really, really hard to overcome, man. Really. Well, that's, that's why I got so much heat. I got so much heat because I would know in those meetings who was on Vince's list. So then when a talent would come to me and say, hey, Vince, why ain't I getting pushed? Why ain't this? Why ain't that? I would tell him, bro, you're on Vince's shit list for A, B, C, and D, and you need to correct that. And, bro, it, w- it would get me heat with them, but I looked at it that this was their livelihood, bro. They, they needed to know why they were stalling. And it was it was always something. And bro, it could have been something somebody said. So many things. EC3 knows. So many nightmare. Yeah, I was on the S list probably for what? (laughs) Because a guy I'm wrestling is leaving the company. Like it's insane. Yeah. Perplexing. I don't know, but like Vince, don't you feel that being hot and taking that loss? If you presented yourself as something different the next night, 
instead of business as usual, if you just brought something different, doesn't that show that maybe now this is the real guy we want? Like, well, see, bro, but the problem is the the problem is when you know the time comes to pay it off, yeah. and you don't pay it off because now now the fans. Now the fans are like they're they're done with you. There are times, bro, when you've got to pay things off, and if you don't, bro, you're you're gonna lose the fans, man. I don't know if any of those times were the time though. Yeah. Like I think I think for I think Rusev should have went over since. I don't remember it too well, so maybe you're right. But then, like when the time was right, but money in the bank, you know, the time was right there. Oh, 100%. That was Rusev Day, and that was, uh, yeah, that was major. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that moment, if that happened two years ago on, you know, a TLC pay-per-view with CM Punk and Cena, where he loses, ah, uh, whatever. What? But no, because of the, the stalling and the waiting, it became the perfect time. Hmm. CM Punk was already well-established, though. Like, I, I think I think with someone like a Rusev, like, I think something like like losing a Cena, like it was unnecessary to me. I, I think that was that that would have tipped him over, you know, to 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 be on that different echelon if he would have went over Cena. Yeah, I might never have John Cena in a match in WWE ring, but I guarantee you, I'm going to have him in a Rocky Five style bar fight. There you go, Rocky. There you go. Last question, real quick. Uh, does Cena should Cena come back? Because right now he's tied with Ric Flair as the uh, the the most world championship reigns in the history of the business, if you will. Vince Russo should John Cena come back and break the long-standing record of the nature boy Ric Flair? Man, bro, I just gotta ask the question, I, and and I'm I'm just being honest here, like because I don't know does. Does that really matter to anybody? Like, is it? I don't know, Chris. I'm asking you. Is it that important? I think John Cena should come back because you know the WWE needs him. He's still a, a, a major superstar. He still looks great. He still can go for all those reasons. I think he should come back. But I don't know, bro. Is is that something that's important? Yeah, for fans of the business. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 one of those things that you know a lot of times people, do, especially. The record holder is Ric Flair. Ric Flair is, you know, arguably the greatest wrestler of all time, uh, and and so and, and at least you know from a from a performance and a you know in ring you know just psych- psychological you know psychology standpoint, people don't want Cena to come back and be the one you know who breaks the record of Ric Flair. Yeah, I, I think if Cena is doing that though, bro, I think Cena, I think he's got to commit to a certain period of time. Mm, that's fair. I, I, I don't think at this point, I don't think he would, you know, if he, he comes in for a one and done, like that's one thing, but you know, this, this would be at least like three months. Mm. I, I, I don't see him doing that at this point in his career, man. Yeah. What do you think he's, yeah, the peacemaker is way cooler than us. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, bro. Yeah. So sweet. Uh, I would say that for him, if the story is right, he would do it, but he's not going to do it for the you know, accolade or accolade. the fake record breaking. Mm-hmm. I would say, too, I thought uh, when he worked with Roman at SummerSlam, they used it as a pretty good story arc, too, for him mm-hmm. to be like, he does have some motivation. And I think they went too early because the dude's 
still in great shape and can go, where it just seemed like he's an old timer with like one one trick pony. He's got one little, he's got one silver bullet. It's just this move. Like he's still at a super high level. But I mean, they had a good match. And again, that's another thing where he went there to solidify Roman because it was the right time. So does he need to go back? No. Is he going to? I don't know. Should he? If the story's right, and it, if if the story's right, and it pisses off the low T IWC, yeah, then for sure he should. Hmm. Let's throw a little. We're we're heading out, but uh, I saw a, a graphic that uh, you know we could see John Cena versus Logan Paul at WrestleMania. It's, it's not a thing, but you know that's kind of speculation based on what Logan Paul did. That's another topic for another day to watch your episode. What's that? What's that? Logan Paul, cool. The guy went out, went off up there and did it. Yeah, he did. He did. Like Uncle Vince says, you know. Technically, I, you know, we'll we'll talk about it another time. But I actually wouldn't be opposed to that. Uh, I wouldn't be opposed to that. It, it, to me, when I think of WrestleMania, I think of like spectacle. I think of like featured attraction matches. And, and yeah, my my only thing, Chris, would be it's like. You know, bro, listen, let, let, let's all be honest here. R- wrestling is nowhere near it, near where it was. And no, nowhere near where it was, even j- during Cena's heyday. You know, I, I I would just think like, bro, he's got to look at where his Hollywood career is. Bro, the guy's taking off. The guy's, you know, the guy's a major player now. And it's not like... He's going back to wrestling when it's at its peak. He's really going back to wrestling when it's when it's bottoming out. And and I know there's a sense of loyalty there. I understand that. Yeah. But I still think you got to protect your brand, man. 